everybody? Welcome back to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast, episode 110. And uh, it is just my voice that you've heard so far, but I'm not alone this time. I'm joined by Tug. Doug is not with us right now. He, uh, he, should I say it? He's, he's ill right now. He's, uh, getting himself healthy. Uh, making sure he sounds good for your, for your ears. Yeah. He pretty much just said, you know, I feel fine, but I'm still kind of tired and my voice doesn't sound great. So he's not joining us right now, but we got a show for you. We're going to talk some news, talk about some bowl games, uh, and, uh, little bit of a little bit of NFL you know we're we're trying to finally get back into the the regular swing of things here so this should be the first one to kind of kick off getting back in the groove of things here yeah man it's it's been a while but bowl season is worth everything we've been putting into it so it's good to be getting back to the NFL though although I am very disappointed after last week we can talk about that later but let's get into the news let's do it all right, so I started off on kind of a somber note last time, and uh, it's not much better this time, honestly. Uh, I do, John, I want to talk about John Madden with you here in a minute, and I think we'll get to him. And I kind of said my piece. I wanted to make sure you had a, had a chance to give your thoughts on the matter as well. And as much as I don't want to keep talking about somebody passing away, I'm sure Doug is going to have something to say on the matter too. So when he does join us, we'll probably get his thoughts on it as well. Uh, but there are two other men that passed away recently. Jeff Dickerson of ESPN 1000 up in Chicago. He was a Bears writer uh, for the ESPN affiliate up there. He passed away uh, from complications with, I believe it was colon cancer, possibly pancreatic cancer. I don't remember exactly. Uh, but if you go to obviousshirts.com and look for the JD shirts, the Jeff Dickerson shirts and uh, hoodies there, 100%, 100% of the proceeds will go to a trust fund for his 11-year-old son. And that's a big deal because two years ago, Jeff's wife also passed away. Uh, so 11-year-old son is by himself now. And it's uh, it's awesome that they, they put those shirts together with 100% of the proceeds going, going to his son there. There have been plenty of donors that have already put money uh, put money up for his son. But if you want to do your part and get a piece of merchandise as well, uh, that's at obviousshirts.com, and if you type in Jeff Dickerson Memorial Shirt, uh, you should be able to find it on uh, on Google as well. The that's other, a, uh, I was gonna say it's a huge stand-up move move by Obvious Shirts. You know, like you said, big deal here. Kid doesn't have any of his any of his family really, so absolutely huge deal. Great, great move there. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's trying to make the best out of a bad situation, honestly. Uh, next up, we have uh, Dan Reeves, died at the age of 77. Uh, former head coach of the Denver Broncos, took him to a Super Bowl championship. It's been a rough month for Broncos Nation uh, with guys, at, you know, members of their organization, part of that Bronco family passing away. Uh, obviously, Demarius Thomas being the other one a couple weeks ago. Uh, just rough for them right now. Uh, Man, I, I don't have a lot to say about this, honestly. don't remember Dan Reeves as a coach personally. I think he was coach for that last Elway Super Bowl. I'm just not 100% sure. So it's, Would have uh, had to be well. because it's the only other time they won a Super Bowl before Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and last but not least, you know, we talked about uh, – I talked about John Madden last, last week on the show. 
And I, I wanted to bring up before I hand it off to you that I mentioned the All Madden documentary. It came out on Christmas. I didn't know if there was a place that we you would be able to stream it and watch it. Uh, but sure enough, got on Peacock and there it is. So if you ever want to watch the All Madden documentary, head over to Peacock. It's there. I imagine it'll be there forever. So, uh, Tug, I'll let you take it away with your thoughts on John Madden and kind of you know kind of how he introduce you to football and what he means to you as far as football goes. I man, he's he's the icon. He the NFL doesn't really have, you know, face of the NFL that's typically a coach. You know, you've got your players, right? Tom Brady, guys like that. But when we were growing up, when we were coming, you know, just from the youngest era, he was he wasn't an announcer, wasn't even a coach at that point. And if there was one name that was always synonymous with football, it was John Madden. I mean, more importantly, man, the, the number of people he taught the game to indirectly, right? The whole purpose for the Madden NFL game was for him to spread the, the game of football out there, teach people what the game of football was about. He even took one of his old playbooks and gave it to EA for them to put into the game to help them you know, make sure the game was realistic. Now, EA has gone and stomped all over that legacy, and that that upsets me. But from his coaching career to his commentary career to even just the effect and the impact he had after retirement from both of those, absolutely insane. This one took me by surprise. I knew he was getting up there in age. But, man, I still didn't expect it. He's just one of those living legends that you never, you never expect. Absolutely. And... It- you know, we, we can talk about stories about the video games, about his announcing, the turducken, of course. But I actually ran across this story uh, not 10, 15 minutes before we started recording here. Jack Tatum, in a preseason game, destroyed Derek Stingley to the point where Derek Stingley was paralyzed and never walked again for the rest of his life. And this was in a preseason game. It was in Oakland. John Madden's coach of the Raiders at the time. Derek Stingley goes to the hospital, and after the game... John Madden goes to the hospital as well to, to be with Derek Stingley. Coach of the uh, the Patriots at the time, he got on the plane to go back to Boston. And John Madden calls the airport to get a hold of this coach and bitch him out for not being there with his player. Story goes on. Stingley's family comes out. John Madden and his wife offered their home and their personal car for his family to be able to go and use as long as they needed while Derek was in the hospital. He then even went and saw Derek Stingley, you know, pretty much daily for the rest of training camp and preseason. And then even after the Raiders home opener, he went to the hospital to go check on Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley, before he passed, was asked about John Madden. He said, I love that man. So he really transcended football. He wasn't just a football coach. He wasn't just an analyst. He isn't just the name. Uh, and brain behind the Madden NFL franchise. He was a person with a heart of gold. And I don't know. I just, I love that story. I kind of wanted to bring it up a little bit, even though we are talking about one of the most infamous hits and injuries in football history in this as well. But I want to bring it up a little bit before we start getting into our NFL news here. And like Doug likes to say, as is tradition, we're going to start with some Bears news here. I told, yeah. I've, I've said it for a couple of weeks that when it happens, I'll bring it up on the podcast. Robert Quinn 
has passed Richard Dent for single-season sack record for the Chicago Bears. He has one game left in the season, and for anybody saying, oh, well, he had more games, he didn't because he missed a game already. So he's going to – whatever his final number is will be the same amount of games played as what Richard Dent had. I'll also throw in here that Robert Quinn is second in the NFL in sacks this season. He's not going to get any consideration for the MVP, but if there is some type of comeback player award, which I think there is in the NFL, he has to be near the top of that list. After the performance he turned in last year and what he's done this year, it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's insane. This is a big year for records, and they're all coming, like you said, in the same number of games. It's not because we're adding games in there. Um, I'll take one here, too. You've got Jalen Waddle out of Miami, who is two receptions away from uh, what's it, Anquan Bolden's single-season rookie reception record. And I think it's his is at 101 or, or something low, like, not low, but something insane like that. So it, it's a big season for records. Jalen Waddle's going to have the same situation, like you said, where whatever he, he sets next week, if he gets it, same number of games as Anquan Bolden because he missed a game too. It's insane what's happening this year. Uh, and it's nuts that both of these guys probably won't even get consideration for their respective awards. There were a couple records. We kind of talked about it. And one that uh, is coming up here in Miami. There's a lot of other crazy shit that happened this week in the NFL. We're going to get to that later. I know everybody's probably thinking of one story in particular. We're going to end on that note and spend a little time there. So hold tight. We will get there. I promise. Uh, next up, though, the Washington football team has announced that on February 2nd, they will be announcing their new team name. It's not going to be Washington football team, which was one of the finalists. Uh, all they've said is that it will not be the Wolves or the Red Wolves. However, if you type in WashingtonAdmirals.com, it will redirect you to the Washington football team's website. I will also add that WashingtonPigtails.com will redirect you to the Washington football team's website. Now, this, I think, has been added in, the, in more recent hours because I don't know how it slipped that Washington Admirals would get you to the Washington football team's website, but it kind of got out there, spread like wildfire. Everybody is still pretty much in agreement that it's probably going to be the Admirals. But the interesting thing about this is that Admirals was not one of the finalist names, whereas Red Wolves and Washington football team were. And so far, we know that that won't be the case for either team. I will thoroughly enjoy watching, if there are the Admirals, watching the Washington Admirals football team. The Washington football Admirals pay royalties to the Washington Quidditch Admirals. I will thoroughly enjoy that for the rest of my life. I think probably what will happen is they will get sued by the Major League Quidditch team, the Washington Admirals. And they'll settle out of court, much like the Cleveland Guardians did with the uh, uh, roller derby team. I'm sure something like that will end up happening. It has to, if they haven't already called them and given them a buttload of money. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It's worth mentioning, though. Admirals wasn't a finalist. Pigtails also wasn't a finalist. This list of eight wasn't actually official, even. But we're throwing them out here again. Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs. And, of course, Red Wolves and Washington football team, both which sound like they won't be the name going forward. 
I think there's also been an image released of the uh, a piece of the uniform. It's got stars on it. Makes sense. Stars, admirals. Who knows? I'm still sitting here hoping it's the Red Hogs. I know it's probably not realistic at this point, but I'm still hoping for that. Just as a uh, a throwback to their time with the Hogs on the offensive line. I just, I don't know. I would appreciate that. I, I think they want to get away from having red in the title, though. Which, again, for whatever reason. But, you know, it, but if that's the case, and you're already rebranding, you want to get away from that red, why are they not also talking about changing their entire color scheme? Just a complete rebrand. I... If they do that, any fans they haven't alienated will be alienated at that point. I think that's really the big key thing here. What? 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 And they're not alienated by the stadium falling apart literally under their feet? Oh, we'll we'll talk about that more later. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, we got things a little out of order here. We're going to jump into college news now, but that is because we're really Northwest here, mostly because Doug's not here. Jim Harbaugh. He's been thrown around to be leaving Michigan, to be going back to the NFL. He said in the past he would go to the NFL for the right job. That immediately makes me think the Bears. However, the Jaguars and Raiders are also teams looking for a coach that Harbaugh might be interested in sliding into. I think if I'm looking at those two teams, if I'm looking at those three teams, the Bears makes the most sense. It would be a situation he would want to be in, being a former Bears quarterback. Or the Raiders would make a ton of sense. They aren't too many pieces away. Maybe it's just a coach away from being a serious contender to make deep runs into the playoffs, potentially getting into the Super Bowl. Jaguars are definitely the biggest project. He would not be a situation like Urban Meyer, in my opinion. He's had success. He took the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick to the Super Bowl. I think he could do it wherever he wanted to go. But the question is, why would he want to leave Michigan right now anyway? Because he's afraid. He has his one win. He has now cleaned his legacy for as far as he cares. He made them relevant again. And then what's he going to do? He's going to go and ditch him. That's that's what this entire setup screams to me. I understand that these these teams are going to come call and see if you're interested. I don't like it. I, I don't like this at all. Um, you're right. The Bears make a lot of sense. The Raiders make a lot of sense. Those are the two I've seen him rumored uh, as pursuing him. I don't. I don't like this. I I really don't. It it's going to be a bad look on on Jim Harbaugh, and you know what? He probably deserves it, and just solidifies all the hate that he gets from Ohio State fans, saying that basically he's afraid of them. You get your one win at home, and you're not even going to try and defend it. If if you leave, like. Man, come on, you're better than that. So much for standing on third and thinking he hit a triple, right? Yeah, exactly. Next this up. is after this is after he just signed a contract extension last year when they probably should have fired him. Yeah. Yeah. Way to way to pay back uh pay back Michigan there. It's great. Great. But I would be fine most... with him coaching the Bears, honestly. <laughs> It is the most Michigan thing to happen to them, though, is to finally be brought back to relevance and then their coach go, mm, you know what? Nah. <laughs> Next up, 
more people on the move this time, though. It's a player. Caleb Williams, he's entered the transfer portal. Uh, this makes sense. I'm surprised it took this long. I honestly am. I'm glad he stayed with them through the bowl game, but I'm surprised it took this long for him to enter the portal. I thought it was going to be as soon as Lincoln Riley was announced going to USC that Caleb Williams was going to enter the portal. So Keaton Slovis, he was the USC quarterback, right? I'm, I'm just saying. That's correct. Just saying. What? Just trade them? I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying an unofficial trade, but I am saying, what's stopping Lincoln Riley from saying, "Yeah, come here. Well, you can play at USC. You can be a Trojan." Yeah. I don't think there's anything stopping him. But Lincoln Riley has a whole new slew of issues. You're right. I'll take Caleb Williams over uh, Keaton, Keaton, Keegan, whatever it is, Slovis, any day. Um, the issue is what you have coming in behind him next year. You know, two-year difference between your uh, quarterback and a true freshman coming, true freshman five-star coming in, not a big deal, but you never know what that's going to do to you either. Absolutely. Next up, I found this uh, interesting, funny. Ohio State defensive backs coach, Matt Barnes, he is going to be the new defensive coordinator at the University of Memphis. I found it funny for several reasons, because Memphis fans are losing their minds one way, the other way, every way. But then Ohio State fans are also extremely upset that he's leaving. Thought he was hoping he was going to take over the defensive coordinator position there. I love the hire. I'm ready for it. I'm interested to see what an Ohio State defensive back coach is going to bring recruiting-wise to University of Memphis, even though they've produced some NFL talent in the defensive backfield. As a unit, they've never been. Bobby McCain, mostly. As as a unit, though, even McCain wasn't that great in college, not to mention the rest of the secondary was pretty awful. So I'm interested to see how he's going to be able to elevate that secondary at Memphis. Another Memphis move, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Kevin Johns. He is going to Duke. He'll have the same position, at least as far as coordinator goes. Don't know if he'll be taking over as quarterbacks coach there as well. I also don't know if this is grooming him to eventually take over as head coach. I'm intrigued by this move, uh, if only because his offense seemed to have maybe gotten a little stale. Maybe he just doesn't think he's got the players to continue to run it at Memphis, but if he doesn't have it there, I don't know what makes him think he's going to have it at Duke. It's it's weird because it... uh... I would call this a slight upgrade in job prestige. And that's only because of the conference difference. That being said, Memphis has been more successful. I'd argue more relevant over, you know, recent history. But going into the ACC brings a little more prestige with it just because it's the ACC. And he's had other FBS jobs uh, without going and looking it up. I, I know he's been different places. I believe he was at Texas Tech at one point. It's interesting how this is all kind of playing out right now, but you know, it is what it is. And then on a funny note to me, with all these players entering the transfer portal, coaches leaving, players declaring for the draft after their sophomore or junior season, 
also seeing just a flood of players making these huge announcements just to say that they're going to stay and finish out their college careers. It is absolutely hilarious to me because I, much like the Washington football team has Washington pigtails linking to their website, these players are just trolling the fans at this point because they know it's going to get a reaction out of them. And they all want to have that. You know what? They had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie to you. They all want that moment. No, man, it absolutely is hilarious. I enjoy seeing it every time I get a chance, and it's it's amazing. All right, that's it for college news, though. Moving on to some non-NFL pro news. We're going to talk a little FCF and a little USFL here. USFL has released that they will have 38-man active, ro- active game day rosters with a seven-man practice squad. That is pretty slim for a professional football team. Uh, also have the draft set for February 22nd and 23rd. Players will need to be no less than two years removed from high school. Training camp starts March 21st. There's starting to be commercials everywhere. My dad has DirecTV. He's starting to see USFL commercials and was asking me about it. I've got high hopes for this. All right, so getting into bowl season here, worth noting, uh, Doug normally is the producer for the show. He thought we were going to do two shows last week. We only did one. So there were about five games we ended up not picking at all. so when you hear these final rankings, as far as records go, uh, keep in mind that we have not factored in those five games. We didn't make our picks official. The only thing we will eventually do is go and add those games to the BDT trench ratings record here. But the way everything stands right now, I went 19 and 12. Doug got first place at 22 and nine, 22 and nine rather. Tug, you. Pulled up the rear, 17 and 14, and our BDT trench ratings. They went 20 and 10, no celebration bowl, the FCS singular bowl game. So that's why they don't have that extra uh, 31st pick there. That's what I get for being a contrarian and putting my picks in last. I mean, it's, you got to say though, for the BDT trench ratings, that's, that's an impressive record. It is, because you're going into bowl season. It's beyond just records and rankings and all that other stuff. You know, you never know what's going to happen. It's it's almost as bad as a rivalry game, even though it's not officially. Absolutely. So and, it's, uh, we did have a rivalry game as one of, our, uh, one of our bowl games here. We'll get to that in a minute, though. You were saying something about yeah. for me. I was going to say, so to pull out a, you know, a 67%. Um, win hit rate. That's that's outstanding for the for the trench ratings there. So these first set of games are ones that we did get picks in for, and we will talk about the other games that we did not get picks in for a little bit later. The guaranteed rate bowl was actually going on when I was recording last week. West Virginia versus Minnesota. We all went with Minnesota. Minnesota was leading while I was recording, and they won that one pretty easily. Shouldn't really be any big surprise to anybody there. The next one, I mentioned that I picked Maryland over Virginia Tech in the New Era Pinstripe Bowl because Virginia Tech losing Justin Fuente, being in a lot of turmoil here with coach turnover. 
Maryland's not a fantastic team, but I everything that's going on with Virginia Tech was just, I thought too much for Maryland to not be able to beat them, too much for the Hokies to overcome. And uh turns out turns out it was. Holy. That's that's all I have to say about that is Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, cheese it. The cheese it bowl was next. Clemson versus Iowa State. We all picked Clemson. Yeah, that one seemed pretty obvious too. Yeah, I've got up, nothing to add to that one, yeah. Yeah. Next up we had the Valero Alamo Bowl down in San Antonio, Oregon versus Oklahoma. I thought Oregon would have a better shot in this one. I was wrong. Oklahoma. They took this one pretty easily. You and Doug both had Oklahoma. Congrats on that one. Don't underestimate the power of Bob Stoops. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Somebody actually asked him, you know, what, you know, uh, would you be opposed to a tequila bath after the game? He said, "What's the university going to do? Fire me? Let's do it." So I don't know if that ended up happening. <laughs> I or love not. it. A tequila bath would be better than a mayonnaise bath, which is what happened to the coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Oh, my God. Can we? No. <laughs> I don't want to talk. That is the most disgusting thing ever. At least the Cheez-It Bowl, it's just Cheez-Its they're dumping on you. Stick to Gatorade. I guess Cheez-Its are okay, but not may. Oh, my. Oh. Did you see oh it? Oh, God. Did you see the yes, Cox coach covered in mayonnaise? Yes. Oh, it was fantastic. Doug and I both picked South Carolina solely because they they are actually an SEC school and give a shit about football. I can't speak for Doug. That's why I picked South Carolina. I, I don't know why you went with North Carolina. Just a big Sam Howell fan, I guess, right? Uh, no, that was one of my contrarian picks, and the BDT <laughs> trend trainings had him hired. Mm. Trans-perfect Music City Bowl. Tennessee ruined what was basically a home game for him. Lose to Purdue. I'll say a little bit of a controversial call. Maybe Tennessee probably scored at the end of the game. Should have won it. But fuck them. Purdue won. We all picked Purdue. This, Everybody's happy. This is this is also what Purdue does. They go in and they win games that they arguably shouldn't. I, I don't think there's really any argument here. I'm pretty sure the ball crossed the goal line before the runner was down. But No, like no, I, said, I mean like I, I mean, like, when they whooped up on, what was it, Iowa this year, and then followed that up with whooping on Michigan State. Like, they win these games that they probably have no business being in at all. Uh, they, there is somebody out there that's trying to make their new tagline spoiler up. Uh, probably. Speaking of Michigan State, though, they won those Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl against Pitt. I was kind of shocked by this because... I thought Kenny Pickett, that passing game, would be better. Come to realize Kenny Pickett wasn't playing in this one. And then the backup quarterback got hurt in the game anyway. Uh, yeah, once I once I saw somebody on the side with a sling, I was like, oh, God, this isn't going to be good. Michigan State uh, went on to have a pretty easy victory there. Not much else to say about this one. Uh, the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin versus Arizona State. None of us were dumb enough to take the Sun Devils, so we all won by taking Wisconsin. <laughs> Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Wake Forest versus Rutgers. Uh, yeah, absolutely no reason for taking Rutgers, huh? 
Yep, nope, none, none, none at all. That was a contrarian pick to give him some love. Yeah, Wake Forest is just a better team. Just Uh, significantly, significantly better team. team. I I hope that game helps Sam Hartman a little bit, but who knows? Going to the Tiger Sun Bowl, Wazoo versus Central Michigan. Holy fuck! I thought like. By and large, I wasn't trying to take a team just because they're in the better conference. But that was kind of my thought process with Wazoo. Not that I disrespect the MAC or don't think they're worth anything. I did not think Central Michigan would do what they did to Washington State. That was disgusting. Hey, dude, like I said, it's bowl season. Crazy things happen. What was even your thought process there? You know, you're talking about Virginia Tech going through all these coaching changes, things like that. So is Wazoo. I mean, I guess, but they were able to pull so much out of their season after the coaching change. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but but a bowl game against an opponent you haven't seen is a totally different ball game. It's very true. Uh, we're going to get into the playoff games last. Uh, let's go on to the games that we didn't pick. We did pick both of our playoff games, by the way. Uh, Doug and I got the Orange Bowl correct, and only Doug got the Cotton Bowl correct. We'll come back to those games, like I said. The games we didn't pick, the Outback Bowl, Outback Bowl, Penn State versus Arkansas. I believe that means we all got shrimp because Arkansas won, so that kind of sucks. Unless they're <laughs> Team Bloom and Onion. I don't know. I didn't see this one. Woo pick. Citrus Bowl, Kentucky capping off an amazing season with a three-point victory. 20 to 17 over Iowa. Iowa at one point was number two in the country, right? So, you know, shit happens. Purdue exposed, yeah, Purdue exposed him and they were never able to recover. Yeah. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State 37, Notre Dame 35. Huge comeback win for the Cowboys. This was an insane game. I, I don't know what else you want from a college football game here. Uh, more importantly, more importantly, if you're Notre Dame, if you're a Notre Dame fan, they should give you a lot of hope with Marcus Freeman. That was his first game as head coach, and he almost pulled out a New Year's Six Bowl win. That's that's fantastic. Next up, we got the Rose Bowl. It was while watching the Rose Bowl that I realized we didn't make picks for a bunch of games after uh, after the Friday matchups. Again, that was because Doug was thinking we were going to have another show. Uh, and I was like, oh, fuck, man. Uh, anyway, should have brought a little happiness to him. Ohio State won 48-45 to over Utah. Another game with a big comeback win. Ohio State never gave up. And a uh, big reason they were able to get back and win this one, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'll let you take it away here, Tug. Yeah, Ohio State's going to be just fine next year. Ohio State had both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave opt out. Yeah, they opted out of the Rose Bowl, and if that blows your mind, don't worry, it blew my mind too. But that is the state of college football that we live in today. But Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba came in. Clearly was C.J. Stroud's favorite target. Uh, Had 16 receptions, 347 yards, which is a FBS bowl season record. Uh, and three scores to add on to that. Not to mention Marvin Harrison Jr. had himself a game. Uh, man, this Ohio State receiving core is going to be nuts next year. And C.J. Stroud's only going to get better. They have a solid running back in Tra- uh, Trayvon Henderson. 
Ohio State's going to be a force next year. Yeah, Michigan, I don't think, is going to win the game next year. But I didn't think they would win it this year, so it is what it is. Sugar Bowl, last game we didn't pick. Baylor won 21-7 over Ole Miss. This game was boring. It was seven. I, I guess Baylor scored two late scores because it was like seven to seven in the third quarter. And just, I don't know, just a boring game. Congrats to Baylor on the win. Way to finish the season strong, winning the Big 12 championship and going on winning the Sugar Bowl. That's awesome, man. They had a great year. And uh, really, Baylor athletics in general has had a pretty good stretch here. It's, uh, man, it's a good time to be a Baylor Bear. Let's just say that. Big facts. We are going to announce our picks for the national championship game here uh, tonight, and we will talk about it more later in the week. But for now, let's go back to these playoff games. Cincinnati versus Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Of course, Alabama won that one. Like we said, Doug's the only one to pick Bama. The average more than a loss in these semifinals games is 21 points. And Cincinnati lost by 21 points. Yeah, and people are saying, look, they never belonged in there. And it's like, guys, this... This happens literally every year in the semifinals. I just. I'm disappointed Cincinnati couldn't get a touchdown. If Cincinnati would have been able to get a touchdown, I think things would have been a little bit different. However, you go to the Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Michigan, first off, I got to ask you, did you legitimately think Michigan was going to win, or did you just want to give Doug a hard time and be a a contrarian here? No, these two picks for me, both of these picks, were not necessarily who I actually thought was going to win, but who I wanted to win. Um, So, you know, maybe shame on me. I didn't want Alabama-Georgia. I thought since he had a chance, they looked real good all year. Michigan, I honestly didn't expect it, but I was picking with what I wanted. Um, just because, man, I'm tired of these SEC championship games, man. It's they are the SEC is a good conference. Don't get me wrong, but I don't necessarily believe that this should be how this goes. It should not just be a rematch of the SEC championship because if it is, then why don't we just give that trophy to whoever wins the SEC championship? Well, uh, so here's the other thing. You know, I mentioned. Cincinnati did not score a touchdown. Michigan got one in garbage time. Uh, with 4.31 left, they scored their touchdown and then got a two-point conversion. Final score, 34-11. to 11. Remember I said, though, that the average margin of loss or victory, however you want to look at it, in these semifinal games is 21 points. It means Michigan lost by 23. So Michigan actually lost by more than the average. Yet nobody's going to sit here and say Michigan, the Big Ten, didn't belong. Oh, by the way, and I got some heat on, on on this one on Twitter, but go look at the national championship last year, what Alabama did to Ohio State, right? That game was an even bigger blowout than either of these two games. And I'm not bringing this up because I hate Ohio State or because I hate the Big Ten. The point of this is, if you have the four best teams, if that is the goal to get the four best teams in and this continually happens in these semifinal matchups, do we really have the four best teams Does this change if we expand the field? I honestly don't know. I don't know what the answer is. 
I don't know if having 12 teams means that we will eventually have a semifinal that's a competitive game. When you look at it, too, we haven't had too many competitive championship games either. No, and it it's all in preparation, what you can do in that time. And, you know, if I'm being honest with you, Nick Saban has it figured out, but keeping these kids conditioned and keeping them going in that month in between games is not an easy thing to do. And uh, tip of the cap to Nick Saban, he gave Cincinnati all the credit in the world, so they 100% deserve to be there. Anybody saying anything differently is an idiot, which I fully agree with. But when you, you know, Luke Fickle's never been there. None of his guys have ever yeah. been there. Everybody on that Alabama roster has been in the playoffs. Well, not everybody. Bryce Young had never been there. Freshmen haven't. <laughs> Well, I mean, like this, this is just part of the culture at Alabama. Yeah. That's a lot to overcome. And even Georgia, Georgia and Michigan, I don't think Georgia's been in the playoff. Uh, uh, they this, were one time. It was a few years ago. Uh, I'm saying I don't think Georgia. anybody besides Kirby Smart has been in the playoffs. No, I do not believe so. Yeah, so, and of course, nobody from Michigan had either. So that one you can kind of point and say, yeah, Georgia's a little bit better of a team. I still subscribe to this belief that Georgia threw that SEC championship game to get two SEC teams into the playoff. I will never hop off that bandwagon. Uh, I'll but, let you know. I'll let you know next week when I see how that game turns out. Because if Bama comes up and rules them again, that's gonna be a hard conspiracy to believe. But if Georgia comes out and stomps Bama out of the water, then that becomes more and more believable. I, I don't know. Either way, we got the. Uh, FBS college football playoff national championship coming up. Our picks, I'm going with Bama for the exact same reason you're going with Bama. Go ahead and say it. All right. Just because you guys yell at me for not using this logic with Tom Brady in the NFL in the playoffs, you just don't pick against Saban in the playoffs, man. You just, you don't do it. Uh, especially think... if he's, especially if he's going up against a former staff member, he's only lost one game against a former staff member that was this year against Jimbo Fisher but he is literally rolled over everybody else the one time you can pick against Nick Saban all you want until bowl season until the postseason you can pick against him in the Iron Bowl you can pick against him against LSU Texas A&M Ole Miss Georgia, whoever. The second the regular season, the second the regular season is over, that conference championship. If Bama's there, they're gonna win. If they're unless in, unless they're facing Dabo, then it's a fifty-fifty. Well, that's in the playoff anyway. Yeah. If they get to the playoff, no, don't do it. If they get to the the national championship. Absolutely, don't do it. Doug, I don't completely disagree with this. Bama's got to lose eventually. That's the note he has here. And again, we've said it. This team has not looked like the Bama teams of the past, but I am starting to kind of think maybe it just took them a little bit longer to get going. I, I You can't say they never had control of the game against Cincinnati, right? I think that's kind of the big thing I'm looking at. But there was nothing in that Cincinnati game that made me think, oh, you know, maybe Bama doesn't win this one, you know? That's where I'm at, but I, I do 
do see where he's going. You know, Bama has to lose eventually. My issue with that is, yeah, Doug, you're right, but they already did that for this year. They're good for one a year. Um, but hey, he's picking Georgia. Somebody's rolling with the dogs. We'll see how it turns out. So this game, this college football national championship game, this college football playoff championship game, this invitational money-making championship game, uh, that's going to be on Monday, January 10th. Before that, the actual NCAA Division I national champion of college football, the FCS game, will be on Saturday the 8th. This is the only one that actually receives an NCAA national championship trophy. Take that however you want. That game's going to be North Dakota State against Montana State. Again, we've had our picks locked in just to run back through them. Doug and I both took the Bison. You're going with Montana State here. We will talk about both these games more in depth later this week. I just want to make sure everybody's aware that this is what's coming for you. This is going to be the pinnacle of our college football coverage as far as games go anyway. It's uh. Yep. It's been fun doing this, man. It has. It has. Another year. Getting close to being in the books, man. I I get sad about this time every year. Yeah, you know. NFL is really starting to heat up and get close to playoff time there. So, it's getting you, really you exciting over to, there. You just had to go there, didn't you? I did. I did. Let's get into the NFL. Uh, well, do we have to? Yes. Okay. All right, so, again, we haven't picked games or players to watch in a while, but we do still have some games and interesting things to talk about. I guess we'll start off with not only did the Dolphins miss the playoffs, they did it in epic fashion. They needed to win out. And they did it only in the way Dolphins can. And I, I don't. You win the first game of the year, lose seven in a row, win seven in a row, which I already mentioned, if not last episode, two episodes ago, first time ever done in NFL history. And you follow it up with a loss of epic proportions against the Titans, yes. who are an yes. absolute wagon. They win the AFC South uh, with that win, by the way. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite astonishing here. Uh, I want to be surprised, but I'm not. Every time Miami gets into a you-have-to-win-this-situation near the end of the season, that's typically when they drop the ball. But if I'm being honest with you, regardless of how this week turns out against the Patriots, to start the season 1-7 and seven and still salvage it to a near 500 season, if not over 500, that is, that is a win in every sense of the word for this team. I will still tout the still bang the drum up and down that Tua is not the issue. It is an offensive line issue. It doesn't matter who you put back there. They're going to struggle right now. Um, and it's a running game issue. We have no running game. So until until we fix those, which ideally you should be able to address in one offseason, we'll see what happens. Uh, what hurt us this year is it took us nine weeks to get our defense going again. But once it did, that's when the wind started coming. So there's hope for the future. It just, it hurts. Like you said, just to watch him go out that way. It, it hurt. Yeah. It's uh, definitely painful to watch there. To get into the things we actually have written down here. 
Uh, and there's one more that I need to I need to do a little bit of extra research on. So bear with me. We actually have written down here: Kansas City loses at Cincinnati, thirty-four to thirty-one. Bengals came back. Had a Joe Burrow had a huge game, uh, only topped by the games Lamar Chase had: eleven of twelve receptions, two sixty-six yards, three touchdowns. Joe Burrow even escaping a sack at one point had his name ripped off the back of his jersey. I didn't realize it had happened when they flashed to the game. I was watching the Bears with my dad. They flashed to the game, and I'm like, oh, cool. They don't have the names on the backs of their jerseys because you're just looking at Joe Burrow. And then I see the other players. I was like, wait a minute. Something's not right. Went on Twitter, found out what happened. Absolutely insane. Throw in here a little bit. I, again, didn't see the end of this game. Start hearing a couple of Chiefs fans complaining, like, man, we got hosed. What's going on? This is bullshit. Uh, Joe Burrow even admitted after the game they had some calls definitely go their way, got lucky on a few things. And uh, Andy Reid's comments basically were, I don't want to get fined. So take that for what it's worth. Cincinnati wins the AFC North in this victory here. Uh, man, uh, it's kind of a tough look when you got the winning quarterback and the opposing and the losing head coach both making comments about it, about how bad the officiating is. I, this is not the last we're going to talk about the officials this week. Moving on. It's nothing. I was going to say, it's nothing we don't always say, though. The NFL refs are trash. This is, they always have been trash. It's, it's part of the game. I could get going on the Dolphins refing in that game, but I won't. I, I would relentlessly make fun of you because your team didn't even get into the end zone. Did you see the PI where on Nick Needham that he was being dragged down by his front collar and they called him for PI? I mean, yeah, got to let the offense score. Okay, then. (laughs) I mean, okay, cool. So now it's what? Uh, 27 to 3? That's one of them. There was, again... Now that we're talking about missing fumbles here coming up in the Cardinals game in a second, um, there was a missed fumble that I didn't watch the whole game, so I can't speak to it, but I saw them after in the replays go, why was that not reviewed? Why was – honestly, yeah, let's, what, it's let's coming, just... what, what it's coming down to for me with the refing is they need to go more to, like, college and not – Honestly, they need to let the booth just initiate 95% of the challenges. Get rid of the red flag. Let the booth initiate 95% of the challenges. Don't And if, if something comes up, have the booth call down to the, um, to the ref and say stand over the ball. Because that's what happened on that fumble. Is the Titans came up, snapped the ball immediately before anybody could realize what happened. Now the play's not reviewable. That's well, the issue with the way we do it now. Let's go to this Arizona-Dallas game. Arizona wins 25-22 to in Dallas at Jerry World. There was an insane helmet catch uh, for the That's... Cardinals. He caught it on the helmet of the Dallas defender. Yep. Uh, just unreal. Uh, what is interesting, though, Dallas battled back in this one. They, you know, inside a minute, time's running out. Dallas has no timeouts. There is a clear fumble. That isn't reviewed. And inside the last two minutes of the game, challenge, you know, whether or not you have timeouts doesn't matter because you can't challenge anything anyway. 
the refs clearly missed it. It never got reviewed. And it cost Dallas a chance at winning this one. They definitely had the momentum. Man, you hate to see it. And, you know, miss fumbles. There was one in the Bears game. It, fortunately, the Bears got a safety out of it. But there was a fumble the play before they got the safety. Bears challenge it. Or no, they didn't challenge it. For some reason, it was unchallengeable. I don't, I don't understand. They called the forward progress. They called the play dead because forward progress was stopped. No whistle was blown. But when the ball was fumbled and picked up in the end zone, that's when they blew the whistle, but they didn't give the Bears a touchdown. This is like the fifth touchdown Eddie Jackson's had wiped off the board this season. I, it's, I'm glad they got the safety. They turned it into like a, a 12 for a 12 plays before the Giants got to ever touch the ball again. Can't complain too much there. That's a win. <laughs> right. Talking about Washington, we talked about how they're going to have a new name. They need a new stadium because uh, as Jalen Hurts was going to the locker room, celebrating. Now they won this one 20 to 16 after bringing their benches with them, by the way. I hate the NFC East. I thought it was just a fan that fell on Jalen Hurts. No, the whole railing comes out and like 15 people fall out of the stands and one almost landed on top of Jalen Hurts. It, we've seen problems with uh, shit pipes, sewage just spilling everywhere at FedEx Field. They need to fix FedEx Field or get completely rid of it. This is ridiculous. It, it, it's absolutely insane. Um, worse off, the Washington football team put out a statement that said they offered medical attention to all those fans that did fall, to which the fans responded, no, no, you didn't. So just to make it worse, uh, I don't know which side you're going to believe on that one. I'm probably going to err on the side of the guys who are not trying to save face. Um, but absolutely insane. And then it's it's getting to a point where the stadium is is unsafe, not just for the fans, but like you said, man, for, for the players too. If that's happening in the tunnel, if that railing falls slightly differently and hits Jalen Hurts, what, what are they going to do then, right? Like, that that stadium, the NFL needs to step in at this point with that stadium. Oh, 100%. Like, this, there's, and there's I, I'm no talking, reason. And I'm talking taking away home games until they get a new one. You will not play a home game until you get a new stadium. You don't have to say that. Just say you're not playing here. You got to play somewhere yeah. else. There's other well, places that can yeah. play over That's fair. I don't know. It's just, this is ridiculous. It is. Now, Tampa Bay beat the New York football Jets 28-24 to at MetLife Stadium. Now, you should, you should be thinking, man, that's pretty close. Uh, and, you know, even saying the, you know, I almost said the Patriots, the Buccaneers winning on a Tom Brady last second, Hail Mary, last second drive. That's not even that surprising at this point anymore, uh, except for how bad the Jets are and how good Tampa Bay's been. It took a bomb with 18 seconds left to secure the victory for the Bucs in this one. That's not even the craziest thing. Like the craziest thing about this game is not the fact that the Jets hung around and had every chance to win this game. Craziest thing that happened was Antonio Brown, and he took his pads off. There are off. two sides to this. So, 
let's go over what happened. He's on the sideline, takes his pads off, and then just starts walking off the field. Took his shirt, his undershirt off, his gloves, threw him in the sand, was jumping around in the back of the end zone as a play was going on in just his pants and his, his cleats, right? Initially, it was reported that he was being held out of the game, and that was because he was getting close to a bunch of different bonuses hitting. The problem I have with that is there's still another game going on, so people should have thought there's no way, because there's no way they're going to hold him out for two games. What actually happened was Bruce Arians, uh, what, what he has said is he tried to get him to go back in the game, and Antonio Brown refused. Arian said, fine, get out of here. So Antonio Brown went and made a scene of getting out of there. <clears throat> There's I'm, one other thing that debunks the theory that it's because the Bucks were holding out for him. Um, last year is my example here. Last year, Antonio Brown was once again getting very close to a bunch of bonuses, performance bonuses. And his best friend, Tom Brady, spent an entire quarter throwing to nobody but Antonio Brown, said he hit those bonuses. Yeah. So, granted, I've heard that Tampa Bay's done this in the past. I mean, I'm sure teams do this all the time. Other teams have, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's what this was, but it is worth noting that that is potentially what happened. I just don't know how much I believe it. Yeah, I mean, and again... I don't think Bruce Arians is going to be like, oh, yeah, that's totally what we're doing. But if he's sitting there saying that and nobody's coming up to say, no, that's not what happened, he walked past four coaches. Mike Evans tried to stop him from leaving as he was getting off the field there. I figure somebody would come up and said something in his defense one way or another. I will go out and say it. If this is CT related, I hope he's able to get some help somehow. The flip side of this is this is kind of a pattern of behavior for him that makes it kind of hard to determine. Is it CTE? Is it he's just, that's just Antonio Brown? Another thing worth pointing out, and I only bring this up because when I heard about this, the second story popped into my head immediately. But he apparently has released a rap album or a rap single you go to his Instagram, it's linked there. And the only reason I'll bring this up, Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, I don't remember exactly what his name was at the time. He was promoting a female rap group or some type of female band after the Malice in the Palace. He's driving away. They pull up to his car, and he's answering questions, holding up the CDs up against his chest, you know, hold, window rolled down here. I don't know. I, I don't know if any of that's even connected. I don't know if any of that's legitimate. I don't know if that's got any type of connection to it. Uh, but, you know... I don't the know. only thing I want to the only thing I want to address here is you're right that it's a pattern of behavior, but when you look at Antonio Brown's career and you look to see where this pattern of behavior began, it was after that vicious hit by uh, Bert, uh, Burfset in Cincinnati. 
See, and you say that, except that he had these issues all through college. This is why he didn't go to a four-year university initially. This is why he was only at Central Michigan for a year. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. I, I. I don't know, man. I. I want. I. And this sounds bad. I want him to just be an asshole. Like, and if if he is just an asshole, I'm honestly fine with that. I think it's funny, but problem is i don't know if that's it i don't know if that's the case and i'm legitimately concerned there might be something wrong that football has caused and is going to cause him trouble for the rest of his life i will also say because i brought this up two weeks ago tom brady smashes a tablet and he's just fired up he's got passion antonio brown exhibit a does this He's an idiot. He's an asshole. Something's wrong with him. Yeah, this is a very different situation. Don't get me wrong. But man, like, nobody really seems to care that much about what the exact reason is. They just want to point fingers. I don't know. I I kind of feel bad for him, honestly. Last game that has already happened. Big Ben. Goes out on top at home in what is probably his last home game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. If that's the end of his career, uh, at least as a Steeler or his career in general, what a career, man. No, absolutely. Uh, We'll wait for the official announcement before we get into it, but, man, it's another one that has felt like a staple through the entirety of our childhoods going to be going to be retiring, which I mean, that's they're getting old, man. That's what happens, but, but still. Uh, one last one. This isn't a game that happened. This is a game that's coming up and we'll probably talk about a little bit more. Uh, but if you go and look up the Chargers and Raiders, they're playing this weekend. They're the last game of the week. I think they need the Colts to win. Is that right? No, 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 no. They need Jacksonville to beat the Colts. They need Jacksonville to beat the Colts. And then if, if they Jackson- tie, they, both, they get both get in. Yeah. So if Jacksonville pulls the upset, both the Chargers and the Raiders will get in. So there is a lot of talk going on. We could just see a meal fest. And frankly, I'm cheering for Jacksonville. And I will be watching Sunday Night Football anxiously. I honestly would rather see a game where they don't kneel it, where they make these huge plays and run out of bounds at the one-yard line, and then on the next play, kneel, except they run five yards. Fumble out the back of the end zone. Or fumble out the back of the end zone, or they go and kneel 15 yards back downfield and then just kneel it from the 15, so that way they don't accidentally get a safety. I would love to see that. I think that'd be funnier than just watching a bunch of kneels. I don't know if this would happen. I think you play to win the game. I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. But this is just going to be the BDT game to watch this week, and we're going to talk about it more, I think, later on in the oh, week. Oh, absolutely. We'll pick, we'll pick individual games to watch later as well. Fair enough. All right, man, I think that does it for our NFL reviews. Yeah, man, that's it. 
that's it for our show too and uh it's been fun it's been fun to have a show with somebody else as much fun as i did have in that uh solo episode there fun to be back doing this with you tug and uh man you know been a been an interesting interesting year new year starting off great the bears are undefeated in the new year uh man you know i I don't know what else there really is to say about that, man. The only thing that I really have to add is to to make the official announcement, put it out there in public, um, that you, sir, while you won a different fantasy league, have come dead last in our dynasty league and have been awarded the first overall pick in the 2022 My League Name Joffrey Draft. I won the number one overall pick. I don't know what no, you're no. saying was awarded. I won the number one overall no, no. pick. You, no, no, you lost the number one. You lost for the number one overall pick. I just want to point out that for anybody that doesn't know, Sleeper is the easiest app to use uh, to do for Dynasty League, no free ads. I was projected to beat Doug in the semifinals of the Toilet Bowl, 140 to 116, and I lost 88 to 92. Like, how, how the fuck does that happen? It's just epic underperformance by both teams, honestly. And uh, just absolutely, absolutely painful. But, yes, I did win my uh, my fraternity league. Uh, actually, I won it before Monday Night Football was even played. So I sat Nick Chubb and Chris Boswell. I won without having a kicker and a running back. Oh, by the way, I had Rashad Penny on my bench anyway. <laughs> Bro, just, here's the worst part. Of, here's the worst part about that. You'd have made that look so much worse if you played Nick Chubb. I understand why you didn't. Yeah. But Jesus. Yeah. Yep. But you know, uh, you got some uh, some links for us. You know I do. It's what I do. All right, our uh, patreon.com slash football, facebook.com slash football, twitter.com at football, instagram.com slash underscore football, mailbox at bdtfootball.com, and bdtfootball.com. We will link those all in the description below. I got a Snapple fact for you. We're getting back into doing those. This one, I think. I think I knew this before I saw this, actually. No only child has ever been president of the United States of America. I don't know why, but I feel like I already knew that. Because you're a history major? I mean, probably. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.